0: There is an element of belief in the unicorn lore. There is an understanding that for something so pure and magical to exist, we must put our faith into it. It's the belief that breathes life into the idea and gives us something to aspire toward, to work for. And if you stop believing in the unicorn, it ceases to exist. This is a story about belief in what's possible. It's also a story about being presented with a choice. Do you will your belief into existence? Or will you let it fade away? This is zero to unicorn. In the last episode, we met the Katings, Brenda, Mike, and Lucas, and learned how their husband and father, Ed Kating, built a real estate business from the ground up. Now we'll get to know the next generation of Katings and begin to discover how they transformed Ed and Brenda's business, Kason into an operation on the path to a billion-dollar valuation. But that destiny was not always set in stone. There was a time when Mike and his friends were focused on other things, like high school and summer jobs.
1: We were both tended to be top-of-the-class kind of people, so we had um, that in common from early on.
0: This is Alyssa. Mike's wife and business partner.
1: Through junior high and high school, same thing. we were in most of the same classes. um, And we became friends, you know, and we didn't hang out outside of school too much, but um, we were friends. Throughout high school, uh, we became a little closer friends because we had a similar friend group. You know, a lot of the people we had classes with. and then my senior year of high school, I decided I wanted to drive a carpool. Actually, it started off as just myself and two friends. Um, I had a car and they were willing to split the parking pass and pitch in for gas here and there. But then, like the I don't know, third or fourth day of school, Mike sat behind me. It was AP Calculus, and he's like, Alyssa, I heard you have carpool. I said, Yeah. He goes, I don't want to ride the bus anymore. Can you pick me up too? So then we picked up Mike. And then like two weeks later, they got a foreign exchange student, uh, David from Germany. So we had five people in my little Chevy Cavalier all year long. So we got to be better friends through that. And then we parted ways for college. And I heard from him some, you know, this is college in the early to mid-2000s, so AOL, Instant Messenger, was the thing because unlimited texting was not... It was not available yet, I know, because my dad almost canceled my cell phone a few times in college for too much texting. Um, But so we kept in touch a little bit on AOL, like Instant Messenger. I was out at school in Michigan, and he went to the University of Minnesota here. Um, And then we saw each other on breaks, you know, usually our friend group was good about getting together on Christmas break and at least once in the summer. After junior year of college, um, I was home working, Um, I usually worked as much as I could, a job and usually another side job. Um, So that summer I was working at a uh, ice cream shop in town and his parents came in. And they were like, oh, Alyssa, so good to see you. Oh, we, uh, you should, you should call Mike. And then his dad was like, no, you should really call Mike. He just went through a really bad breakup. Like, call him. Like, we miss seeing you. And I was like, oh, okay. I thought about him like, okay, sure. But they must've told Mike right away. Cause when I got off work, you know, I had the same cell phone number I'd had since I was 15. There was a message from Mike saying we should get dinner. Okay, so we did. So we had dinner. And I don't know, I just, you know, I'd never thought of him in like a romantic way. We'd always been good friends, but it was very comfortable, I guess. Um, Just going into, you know, meeting up and like not having to worry about like, is this person like crazy or are they like a deadbeat or something? You know, like we had so much previous history. I didn't have to wonder about those kind of things. So... Mostly that summer, we just kept hanging out pretty casual, but he didn't want to jump into a relationship so soon after a pretty major breakup, which was wise of him. So we kind of just left it open, thinking like, well, we still have another year of college. Let's keep in touch, see what happens.
0: Like Mike, Alyssa was driven, always pushing herself to do more and dream big.
1: He had a pretty crazy semester coming up at school. Right, not surprising to those that know him but he was taking like 27 credits and working full-time and doing all sorts of things so but he scheduled in to you know call me he would call me on his way from one class to the other this or that and then I had this kind of weird idea I guess it might seem weird to other people but um Usually over Christmas break, we had like five weeks off, five six weeks off for college. So, I would spend part of it, you know with my family, part of it working, um, if I had a place I could work for a couple of weeks. But then usually I would go spend a week week or so with my grandma. I was pretty close with, um, and she lived in Los Altos in the Silicon Valley, out in California. And I was like, hey, grandma. Or I called her bunna. So I have this guy, he's my friend, but he's not my boyfriend. But I think he'd like to see the Silicon Valley. He's really into tech stuff, you know, Google and Facebook and all those things. Like he's a computer science major. What do you think if he came with me? Surprisingly, she was like, okay, well, why don't you bring him? And asked him if he wanted to come out to California with me to spend a week with my grandma, my 80 something year old grandma at that point. And he thought it was cool. I'm like, okay, so a couple days after Christmas, somewhere in there, we left to go see her um, and we get there and she's like, oh, I have a surprise because I had told her, you know, the things that Mike liked and all that. She goes, well, I have this friend. It's a friend that I met in the young Asian mom's Bible study. So... My grandmother, not young, not Asian, right? But she kind of like invited herself to this Bible study at her church. But she became friends with a lot of these young Asian moms and found out that one of them had a husband that worked at Google. And it's very hard to just get into Google to like see it and tour. You have to know someone. We got him into uh, Google. We got a whole tour. We got to see it. And so basically on that trip, we made it official. We were like boyfriend, girlfriend. And I sometimes joke that I like tricked him into it. But you know, he said, well, that was the best trick. Best trick he could have done.
0: When we come back, we'll hear from Mike's childhood friend and collaborator on a special project for Ed
2: Cating. Hey, it's Mike. Let's beat the banks at their own game. Traditional banks don't have great interest rates, but they charge businesses like Norhart higher rates, and they keep all the profits. Why don't we cut out the middleman and connect directly, thus leaving more for both of us? Invest with us and earn fantastic interest rates. To learn more, visit Norhart.com, that's N-O-R-H-A-R-T.com, and click on Invest. So if you're looking to grow your returns, then why not join Norhart Invest today and get more than you ever could at a bank. This is an offering by Norhart Invest. Investments can only be made through the Norhart Invest website. For more information, including the offering circular, please visit norhart.com forward slash invest.
3: Yeah, we've been friends for a while. Uh, we met back where you're part, So it was, uh, must have been his eighth grade, my ninth grade, and we were just riding the bus home.
0: This is Jordan. Mike's best friend through much of his childhood.
3: And I was playing uh, Pokemon on the Game Boy, and he came up, he's always been uh, really social, uh, making connections with everyone. And he said, oh, I love that game. Uh, can I see what you're doing? Uh, from there, uh, we just learned we had a lot of the same interests and a lot of the same motivations and passions. And uh, one time when I, when I was over there, um, you know, we were playing some more games and he thought, um, he called me over and said, Hey, you have to see this. It's going to blow your mind. And he brought me over to his computer, and it was um, like a, a crudely modeled sword just spinning on the screen. And I thought, Say no more. I'm in. This is awesome.
4: Jordan was my closest friend in high school and college. Uh, we did special effects together. We did, we're trying to change the world in many ways together. Uh, he was incredibly hardworking and driven. We were like two peas in a pod. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, we did. We did so much together. He, he ended up being the best man at my wedding as well.
3: Of course, like a lot of um, you know, kind of welcoming families do. They said, "Oh, come on in. You're having dinner with us. Sit down. Um, you need a place to stay tonight. Uh, do you need anything from us? Can we help you out in any way?" It was just. I was all of a sudden a part of their family. From going over there often enough, I kind of got to see how they interacted as a family. And my first impression was hardworking because Mike's dad was always thinking of new ideas. Um, He was working hard on his building projects. He was involving Mike, involving the rest of the family. Um, But also more than just hardworking guy that always pays attention to work, he had a lot of love for the family as well. Let's see, they they were always open to if you wanted to contribute something to the dinner, which wasn't always a great idea, but I appreciated the effort. Um, One of the dinners that uh, I got to be a part of, they said, oh, would you like to uh, make a dish? And I thought, oh, I love spaghetti. And um, I put together, it was like two or three pounds of spaghetti for the four of us (laughs) as a side. And uh, You know, they didn't want to waste food, so we served it, and they, after the fact, said, well, we didn't want to say anything, but uh, we ended up eating spaghetti for the next week, and it wasn't the best at the end, (laughs) but they supported me. (laughs) But no, the dinners themselves were, um, it was great. They came together. There was no TV, no one running around, no one rushing to get done, it was just um, talking about, and it wasn't just how was your day either. It was actually digging into what are you up to? What are you, what are you working on? Do you need any advice or opinions? Um, and they shared what they were working on too. That was uh, something that I was kind of unfamiliar with. Um, and other friends in my household, you know, you kind of saw your parents as they just were there to support you. They asked what you were up to and that was it. But that kind of opened my eyes that, you know, they had their own, um, projects and days and, um, I could learn from them and yeah, it was, it was just a, a really nice, uh, meal to gather around.
0: One of Mike's big ideas was to make a film together with Jordan. Not content to create a simple home movie. He instead took it upon himself to learn special effects and video editing techniques.
3: He always had ideas of um, kind of things he wanted to accomplish. That's how they would start.
0: Mike wouldn't settle. He couldn't settle. He had a passion to make everything he had his hand in as good as it could possibly be. This mindset was infectious among his friends.
3: This might have been the first time I saw his kind of leadership tendencies and just the scale of his motivation. Um, He already started talking to the local Force Lake movie theater, uh, got them to agree to show a movie that we eventually made, and then started putting up posters around uh, Force Lake High School to get people from the theater department to help act and do audio and things like that. And then he thought, okay, we've got you and me for you know, creating our cool special effects, but we're going to need more people. So he started up a club and we met on the weekends learning a teaching. Well, first of all, we would have to learn how to do it and then immediately turn around and teach other people how to do it. And we just started forming this really cool crew. He would kind of share that passion with you and make it sound um, like really empowering and you can create this too and we can do it together. We're stronger together. Um, we can accomplish more. we can learn from each other, and it sound compared to what you're you're usually doing, especially as like a kid or a young adult, um, you know, hanging out, playing video games, things like that, not something that you really are accomplishing or building or something you can put into the world and hearing all these things that you could do. Um, It just made you want to be a part of it. Yeah, it was just really cool to be part of these projects, something that you'd never do as a high schooler, and you would probably not have the motivation to do on your own. But here comes Mike, and um, he's just he inspires you.
0: Outside of making movies, Jordan assisted Mike in the construction of a mini storage facility at the urging of Mike's dad, Ed. For Jordan, it was an epic summer job. For Mike... Well, his father was setting him up for something much more than he realized at the time, to learn leadership lessons necessary to take on the family business.
3: There was a um, kind of the the perfect time where they were just starting to expand in new business products. Um, We were in college, so you're not really set on a career path at the time. And Mike's dad roped me into this new mini storage company that he purchased. Um, He was kind of expanding from just building and renting apartment buildings, he wanted to kind of diversify and um, see what see what else he could kind of get into, um, learn from. He, he was always trying new things. Uh, so he thought rather than hire a building crew for this, because he wanted to build some additional uh, mini storage buildings, he thought, what a great opportunity to teach Mike and some of his friends and peers about kind of building from the ground up. Um, Because I feel like that is valuable experience when you're helping with the company in other ways. You should probably know how to do the work and what it takes from the beginning. Uh, So he said, all right, we're going to build this mini storage building. It's going to be you, Mike, Jordan. And um, there was another worker, uh, Tori, I believe, was his name, who uh, was kind of the the third man on our three-man team. And we were going to take that summer And uh, build this mini storage unit. And Mike was the lead on the project. So he had the plans and was telling us what we should be doing to kind of, you know, turn this plan into reality. And I think that was Mike's first shot at uh, leadership in the building capacity. And um, he did awesome with it. He had his vision and he knew how to work towards it. And i think that it kind of translated very well to building as well because he saw the plans and he knew what the end result was going to be and how he wanted it to look and what it was going to take to get it there so immediately coming in he said okay um we've got to build a good foundation and here's the techniques to dig a hole um you know we've got some machinery for it to Uh, make it a little bit easier, and the tricks to get all the water out. Having that vision of how everything fits together help you just progress from start to finish. Um, You don't have to stop along the way and figure out what the next step is. You don't have to go back and fix anything because you realized, oh, actually, uh, this doesn't quite line up with my vision, or my vision's a little bit different. That's why having that initial vision is so important. And you just, everything you do kind of gets you there. And um, even though like a a mini storage unit isn't exciting as like a film project or a luxury apartment building, it's, he still motivates you to get it done um, and to have fun doing it and to learn a lot doing it. um, You know, just, he's a optimistic and happy guy. So you kind of can't help but be the same. (laughs) Um, I actually stayed with Mike's, uh, at Mike's house during this time, during the summer, as I mentioned before, his family being so welcoming, that was part of it. They said, oh, you're working with us every day. Why don't you just stay with us too? So <laughs> I had a room downstairs and I noticed, um, you know, when I was kind of there decompressing from the day, Mike and his dad would go off and they'd talk about building techniques and, um, You know what things on the plan means and how you can uh save money save time kind of tips and tricks that he's learned and then he'd come back and he'd show tori and i the next day and we'd go through it together and then we'd you know build that part of the plan and it was great we ended up completing it over the summer and at the end of it uh, mike's dad came around to inspect it he said oh yeah this looks awesome guys now a professional crew could have done it for the same price in a third of the time, but you learned. <laughs> so that was the important thing. He he was kind of building his team up from within. And um, especially for Mike, who he wanted to have a big part in the business, uh, that probably taught him some valuable skills that you're not going to get by just telling them and then having a crew come in and do the work. Knowing Ed, it wasn't all that surprising. <laughs> He, he did things a little bit differently. He wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty, make mistakes along the way if he had to, but really just try things and do things. And I think he kind of passed that baton on to us as well. He said, here, try it, do it. You know, a mini storage unit, it's, it's big, but it's not like a multi-story apartment building where if you make a mistake, the whole thing's going to come crashing down and hurt people. It's, it's, you have somewhat limited scope. If you make a mistake there, you can fix it and it won't cost too much time and money. But, you know, I think the time and money aspect of it was kind of secondary to, you got to try it. Um, you're only going to learn and get better by trying things.
4: I think his impact was inspiring me and, you know, working together, uh, to do things like he helped build some of the mini storage buildings back, uh. When we were uh, you know, in college and my dad didn't have a big building we were doing, um, he just he inspired me to be a better, more driven, and hardworking of a person.
0: When we come back, Alyssa and Mike find themselves finished with college and struggling to find their path in life.
2: Hey, it's Mike. Passive income is one of this year's hottest buzzwords, but what is it? Well, passive income is when the elite make money and the rest of us sleep. Here at Norhart, we decided to open up this opportunity to everyone by giving you the chance to invest with us and earn fantastic interest rates without doing a thing. To learn more, visit Norhart.com. That's N-O-R-H-A-R-T.com and click on invest. So if you're looking to grow your returns, then why not join Norhart Invest today and see what you can build towards. This is an offering by Norhart Invest. Investments can only be made through the Norhart Invest website. For more information, including the offering circular, please visit norhart.com forward slash invest.
0: Figuring out not only what to do with their lives, but how to have a greater impact on the world weighed heavily on Mike and Alyssa.
1: The last semester of college, we dated long distance, because I was still out in Michigan. Um, and that last semester of college, you know, you're trying to figure out what do I do after college? You know, I had some pretty good connections in Michigan where I could get some work fairly easily. Um, but, you know, young and dumb or in love or maybe both, I decided to move back home because that's where Mike was.
4: My wife never wanted to in Minnesota. I mean, we both grew up here, but she went to school in Michigan, and she was very involved in politics and kind of rising the ranks there. She came back to Minnesota and gave up that that dream uh, for a boy. (laughs) Now, uh, after college, I guess the more full story, too, is uh, I did come on and I agreed to work with my dad for the first year, although my heart really wasn't in it, and my dad would have told you (laughs) that that much as well, um, I remember there was, it was during the winter, I just I just didn't love construction, uh, it was really cold out, um, and there's just so many cool things in the world that I wanted to push on and drive forward, and so there was a period that I was, I was sick, I was legitimately sick, but I also, if I'm honest, kind of pushed out a little further, and so I, I wasn't getting paid or anything, but I was just taking time off uh, to pursue other ideas and ventures, and my dad never really had my full heart or mind during this time.
1: First of all, one of our original plans didn't work out, right? So Mike had applied to go to business school, and of course, he only applied to, you know, Harvard, yay, only the top things. Um, and, you know, in retrospect now, like, he was pretty young at that point. He was 24, 25. Usually for MBA candidates, you're a little bit older, you have more experience, unless you have something like super crazy wild on your resume, right? Um, So he did end up getting an interview at Yale, but he did not end up getting into any of the schools that he had picked. So that was actually our first plan was we would go to business school. He would do that. I would find a job working wherever that was. Um, and then he had interest in working for um, like a consulting firm. So that's that's what he thought he wanted to do. Um, but then he didn't have the option to do that, at least not at the level he wanted. I'm sure if he had applied to a lesser school, he could have gotten in, but he wasn't interested in doing that at that time.
4: I was also working toward um, getting into business school, actually. Uh, I took the... The testing for business school scored incredibly high. Um, But then when I applied, I only applied to the very top schools. I didn't get into those schools, uh, even though I I had interviews. Um, But what I later learned is that they, they don't take people right out of college. They want a couple of years of work experience.
1: He's not satisfied with just the everyday, I guess, which I don't mean it quite that harsh, but like he just thinks big, you know, he... He likes to, uh, there's a quote from Disney, and uh, maybe I'm going to butcher this, but it says something to the effect of like, it's kind of fun to do the impossible, which he kind of just is that way.
0: Though it was clear that Ed had hoped Mike would continue in his footsteps, Mike and Alyssa were initially not so sure. Preferring to seek out their own way of leaving a mark on the world.
1: You know, I moved back here without any like job opportunities. Like, that was right. Like, I was, I came back, I was applying places, I was doing um, odd jobs, you know, seasonal jobs. Nothing was quite fitting. Um, I was working with uh, Mike's dad doing some odd jobs too, you know, helping out with apartment cleaning or different things they just needed to be done. Um, but then sometime that fall, so it'd be the fall of 2010. Um, I just had this moment with Mike. I'm like, I just, I need to be doing something more with like my brain, with my mind, like not, I was grateful for the odd jobs and doing all that, but, um, I just need to do something more.
4: And so we looked at a variety of things. And at one point, she wanted to teach for America. Uh, We wanted to go to different countries. We wanted just to try something new. And part of what was going on is that the world was mostly closed down to new opportunities, right? There weren't a lot of job opportunities. And those that were out there were actually going to more senior people. And so she wasn't getting... The opportunities. And so that was a part of the conversation that was going on. And another part of it was just recognizing that, you know, this isn't just some real estate company. If that's all it is, then I'm not that interested. If we're just making a mom and pop shop, helping out the local community, I mean that's that's great, but that's that's not where my where I want to spend my life right? We only get one life and I want to make some kind of meaningful, positive impact in the world. That's when my mind started to shift. My wife and I even had, my fiance and I at the time had conversations about this of, could we actually make this our career? Is this something we could believe in and drive this forward to actually have the kind of impact that we want to make on life? And we started to realize that, yes, this this is. The
1: biggest thing is we had a Like a paradigm shift, I guess. Instead of thinking like, oh, we're stuck here, or oh, like, this is not what we want, we decided to see it as the opportunity that it was.
4: And by that second year, that's the point I really became all in. And um, yeah, I think my dad was really honest. He would tell you today that that first year, I, I don't think he was too sure sure in me um, because my heart wasn't there. But by the second year, that's where things clicked and we were moving forward together. What we started to realize is that we could take this business and scale it up. And if we scale it up in a way that's driving down costs, we can actually get it to a point that we may be able to solve America's housing affordability crisis. Yeah, in America today, rents and housing costs are rising faster. Than salaries, and if you look at the past sixty years, other industries, for example, uh, manufacturing has improved labor productivity by seven hundred and sixty percent. Agriculture is improved by fifteen hundred percent, and during the same time period, construction has done nothing. It's been flat, right? Well, ten percent, but it's done nothing, right? This is unsustainable. If this continues, that means we're gonna be in a tough spot here in the United States. And so the simple idea is just to apply the technologies and techniques that these other industries have used into the world of construction and into the world of housing, drive down housing costs. Yeah, so for a family, that's maybe living paycheck to paycheck, think how big of an impact that a 15% reduction in your costs would look like. That means you can actually put money and save it away for a rainy day. That means you could uh, build up a retirement fund. That means you can actually take that vacation that you've been dreaming of taking. Your life will get better if the cost of your housing goes down. And so not only do I think we can solve the housing affordability crisis, but I think we might actually be able to have a meaningful impact in the oncoming um, demographic change to America. And so realizing that, that got us excited because here is an impact that we can make that actually can make a dent in the universe.
1: His dad had built a good foundation. He had taught us a lot of things, you know, we basically had, you know, access to his knowledge of 40 years of doing this, um, which a lot of people don't have. Um, so we, yeah, we just had a change in perspective, you know realizing that it was a good opportunity and that, you know, on a bigger scale, like just cause his dad did it this way, doesn't mean we can't find a way to do it our own way, you know, make it our own, do something similar, but different. Um, You know, most people that know Mike and knew his dad would say they were definitely similar in certain areas, but they also were very different in others. So, Um, we just decided to take it and run with it and I guess that's what we've done
0: (laughs) On the next episode of Zero to Unicorn, Mike and Ed tackle an uphill battle with a new construction project and suddenly Mike steps in as CEO not because he's ready but because it's what he must do
4: It was one of the worst moments of my life. I don't think it looked all that bad to the rest of the world but I felt
2: awful, Right?